Welcome to this week's class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse of the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vinasanti Shalom Ba'aretz. I will give shalom, I'll give peace in the land. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos, Parashas B'chakosai, that year was the 24th day of the month of Iyar, which is also the Shabbos that blessed the month of Sivan in the year Tafshin Lamid, 52 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the verse in this week's Torah portion that says, Menasati Shalom Ba'aretz, I will give shalom, I'll give peace in the land. So the Rebbe brings what it says in Torah's Kayanim, which also Rashi brings the Torah's Kayanim in his commentary on the Parsha, and also the Tzamech Tzedek in his classical Hasidic discourse on the Parsha called Eira Torah, he brings from the Yalkut that says, Shahashalim Shakal Keneged Hakal. Peace is comparison to everything. It's all about peace. As the verse says in the Prophets, and it's also brought down in the prayers, Oise Shalom Uvoireyes Hakel, the one that makes peace and creates everything. So Shalom is connected to everything. It's all about peace. That's what it's brought down in the, in the Medrash, and Rashi brings down, and some of Tzedek brings it, that again, Shalom is everything. Peace is everything. There brings in the Zoyar. The Zoyar says as follows. Based on the verse from the Santi Shalom Baretz, I'm going to put Shalom, peace, in the land. So the Zoya says that, he, that uh, Hashem is going to come and unite with the Jewish people. So putting peace in the land, is the, is, is, is the Zohar says, referring to the unification of Hashem and the Jewish people. What, what does that mean? What, what is the explanation that I'm going to put peace in the land referring to the unification of Hashem and the Jewish people? Very simple. So the Rebbe explains, because we know that Shalom is referring to Hashem. Because Hashem we know has many, many names. And one of the names of Hashem is called Shalom. So when the verse has been Asafi Shalom, Shalom is referring to Hashem. And our Eretz is referring to the Jewish people. Like we know the prophet, it says, Ki atem tiyu Eretz Chayfetz, referring to the Jewish people, we're called an Eretz Chayfetz, a desirable land. So even though the verse says literally Shalom peace, and Eretz is land, but since Shalom is one of the names of Hashem, Eretz is referring to the Jewish people, so the Zohar says it's referring to the union of what? Of Hashem and the Jewish people. Whoever ties these two commentaries together, one, the Zoyer that says Hashem and the Jewish people, and peace is connected to everything. And the reason why peace is connected to everything, because we know, because <clears throat> what is Shalom, we said, is everything. In Hebrew, it's called Hakoil, it's everything. Now, Koil, the term Koil, everything, that's the Sphero, the, the, the Kabbalistic chart of Sphero, the ten spheroids, that's referring to the sphere of Yesoid. Like it says in, in, in the Torah, Ki Koil, everything, Bashamayim of Aretz. Again, the buzzword Koil, everything, Bashamayim of Aretz, heaven and earth. In other words, Koil, the word Koil, which is referring to the sphere of Yesoid, that's the unification between Shamayim and Aretz. Shemayim is referring to the seven emotions of Zah, the small face, six meters of Chesed, Gvurit, Tiferes, Netzachot, Yesoid, and Aretz is Malchus. In other words, it's a reference to the unification of Hashem and the Jewish people. So the two commentaries, both of the, of the, of the Medrash that Rashi brings, that Shalom is everything, 
and that it's a unification between Hashem and the Jewish people that go together because coils Yisoyed that bonds the two Hashem and the Jewish people. Now, <clears throat> the, the simple explanation like Rashi brings and the Medrash that Shalom is connected Hakel. Peace is against everything. In other words, what does that mean practically? So Rebbe explains, what is, what is everything to us? So we know when Hashem created the world, there's something which is called Seder Histalshlis, the way the energy flows down from the different worlds, Atzilus, Bria, Yitzira, Asira, all the spheroids from starting from, uh, from Keser, Chachma, Bina, whether you, you count Keser, you don't count Das, Keser, Tveris, etc. So peace is against the whole the level of Histalshlis, all the worlds, all the spheroids, is all, all connected to the idea of peace. And there brings the, how do we see this? The proof, because it's brought down in, 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 in Medrash and Chazal, that based on the verse that says, He made peace and created everything. In other words, so He made peace. So everything is connected to peace. What does that mean? That the goal is that peace should permeate and penetrate all levels of creation. From the highest level to the lowest level. So when we say that Shalom is against everything, it means that Shalom has to be part of every part of the creation from the highest level to the lowest level. So that's in terms of peace. So peace is important not just in certain cases, in certain situations. Peace is important in every area of life. From the spiritual levels to the physical levels, peace is extremely important. And the Rebbe says this is also the same idea of Torah. Because we know what the Rambam writes in the end of the laws of Hanukkah that the whole Torah was given for one reason and one reason only to bring peace into the world. So peace is supposed to be in everything but even the Torah was given so that we should have peace in the world. And that's why we know that the world was created the world and just to recap when we say world we're not just talking the physical we're talking where God is concealed God created a concealment so that Hashem should dwell in this concealment and when we say Hashem should dwell we're referring to the essence of Hashem the essence of Hashem should be in this dwelling place. So you see again peace between the highest level, the essence of Hashem, and the lowest level of concealment where Hashem is, does, it does, is, not, is not noticed at all. And this is also there explained, this is the continuation of the verses that say that through the fact that we're going to put peace into the earth, in other words, <clears throat> we're going to start out from the highest levels, going to be peace on the, on the highest level, which is referring to the union of the sphere of Yesoid and Malchus. So when you create the union of Yesoid and Malchus, which is Hashem and the Jewish people, you're creating peace there. And the goal is to have peace on every le- level. So when you have peace on the highest level, Yesoid and Malchus, that brings down peace to the lowest level. Up until this physical world should be peace. And like the, like the, like it says, like it says in the, in, in the prophets, where, where it's going to be that Hashem is going to get rid of Chaya Roman The earth that's filled with wild animals doesn't recognize Hashem. That's not peaceful. What the end goal is going to be that we're going to get rid of any negativity, any wild animals. And like it's brought down in, 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 uh, 
Torah's Kainim, also the another verse, Begar of Zavim Keves. Like we all know what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. The wolf is going to lie with the lamb. What's the idea of the wolf lying with the lamb? That's going to be creating peace. Now the question is, great. It's amazing. We want peace. We're going to have peace on all levels, from the highest to the lowest. How does peace happen? So Rebbe says that based on what's brought down in Chassidus, and the altar talks about in Tanya, that peace happens through a tremendous amount of das. In the spheres, you have Chachma, the first, Bina, the second, and Das is the third. So Das is key to create peace. And what's going to happen is, when we, 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 as we mentioned, the verses from what's going to be like Mashiach comes, the wolf is going to lie with the lamb, and all the, all the wild animals are going to go away. How's that going to happen? By bringing in Das... And, and in an enormous amount of das, that will get get rid of any conflict, any issues. Das is key to bringing in peace. And and uh, the old, and when Mashiach comes in the future, what's going to happen is we're going to get tense, an intense amount of das. And like this, like the, like the, like the verse says in the prophets, Aretz, the whole world will be filled with Deya Es Hashem. What is Deya Es Hashem again? Das. There'll be das in Hashem. Kamayim layom achasim, just like the water covers up the whole, the whole or the area where it's at. The same thing also is going to be in a, an influx, a huge amount of das, and like it's brought down the example, the parable that's given from a child, a child that gets angry and gets upset from every little thing. Why is the child getting angry and upset? And the fact is, the reason why spiritually he's getting angry and upset because his das was not developed. In other words. The greater someone's das is, the less you get angry, and the less you get upset about stuff. And not only that, but the greater your das is, you can even tolerate an opposite of opinion of yours, and an opposite of, of opinion of, of your will. The greater das you have, the greater peace you can have in your life, both with yourself and with other people, because you can tolerate opposites. Das is key to peace, das is key to tolerance, das is key to all the blessings. And on the contrary, a step further it says, not only don't you get angry, and not only you can tolerate opposites, but you can actually understand and appreciate an opposite position than yours. And it can make sense logically why the other person that's told polar opposite of you, I get it. I get why they think that way. It comes from an intense amount of das. And just like in the future when Mashiach comes, there's going to be a tremendous of, 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 of das. So what's going to happen is it's going to go down on all levels, doimem, semeya, chai, etc. And because of that, we're going to have the blessing of the wolf can lie with the lamb. Because when there's no das, the wolf is roaring and the lamb is doing his thing and it'll be eaten up. And that's what's the parable and it refers to everything that's going on in the world, all the craziness because it's lacking das. But once das kicks in, guess what? People can understand each other, relate to each other. Doesn't mean you have to agree, but you can see and appreciate another opinion, and you can think totally the opposite. It's not. A, it's not a contradiction. So you see clearly. Ultimately, the goal is peace on all levels. Torah is here to bring peace, and what's the key to peace is specifically developing the sphere of das and an expansion of das. And when Mashiach comes, we're going to have an influx and an overflow of das that will bring the greatest greatest peace possible into this world and the Rebbe says this is also connected to what to the idea of Lag Ba'imer now in that year um, <coughs> was actually in the week of Parshat B'chakosai 
Now, what's what's the whole idea of Lag Ba'imer? Because Rebbe says the whole idea of Rajbi, of Shema Yechai, where his whole um, in, introduction of the Zohar and Kabbalah and all his mystical teachings, that Rajbi was all about peace. Why? Because you see clearly that up until the Rajbi, you had the revealed part of the Torah, and you had the concealed part of the Torah. There was two different worlds. Came the Rashbi, and the Rashbi took off the walls, took off the boundaries. That that in the revealed part of the Torah, you can see the concealed part of the Torah. And the concealed part of the Torah, you also get an appreciation of the revealed part of the Torah. And literally, that's on an on a lear- academic level. That's on a learning level, on a spiritual level. He took up the boundaries between the revealed part of the Torah and the concealed part of the Torah. But literally, it affected the physical world. Up to the point that we're able to have physical rain. He was able to bring physical, physical rain. Like the famous story in the Zoyar. The Zoyar says that what happened was, I'll say it in Kabbalistic terms, just to give the flavor of the Zoyar. Zimna Chada. Havetzricha Alma Lamitra. There was one time that the world needed rain. And there was no rain. So they came to the Rashbi. So the Rashbi, what did he do? He went ahead and he taught a teaching. He taught a teaching on the verse, He went ahead and he taught Kabbalistic teachings in the verse that says how beautiful, how sweet it is that Shabbos Achim, that brothers are sitting together, Gam Yachad, also together. And with the minute he finishes teaching, guess what? The rain came down. And and so the Rebbe says, but you don't find this by any other the rabbis, any other Tanoim from the Mishnah, from the Talmud. And even Rabbi Akiva, who we know Rabbi Akiva was the teacher of the Rashbi. In order for him to create a miracle to bring down rain, he had to fast and he had to pray. And like it's brought down in length in the in the Talmud and Tractate Tainus. However, Rashbi, how did he bring down rain? Through Torah, teaching Torah. In other words, what's the difference? It's not just this one prayed and this one this one fasted and, and, and this one taught Torah. The difference is it, it's an, a polar opposite. Why? Because we know according to Kabbalah, prayer is something which is called milmata lamayla. Means you're 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 working down from from, from below. You you're transforming yourself through prayer. Fasting is also milmata lamayla. You're fasting. You're resisting eating. Torah is milmata lamata. You're drawing down energy and high. So everyone else, when they needed pray, when they needed rain, they would do milamata lamaila. They prayed and they fasted. The Rashbi did it differently. Milamata lamaila. He brought down godly energy into this world. <clears throat> so, you, but you see, the point the Rebbe is bringing out from here is that the Rashbi created peace, and the way he brought peace into the world is. A, because you see, he took up the barriers from the revealed part of the Torah and the concealed part of the Torah, and B, that when they needed rain, he prayed, and rain came down to this world. So through Torah, he not prayed, he, he studied Torah, and through studying Torah, he was able to draw down godly energy into this world. Now, so the question is, wow, the Rashbi, by teaching a teaching in Torah, he brought down rain into this world? How did he do it? And Rebbe explains, because the Rashbi was able to bring down again milmaila lamata by bringing in godly energy down to this world because Rashbi was known he had a, he had a title what was his title he was someone which was tayrasay umnasay he wasn't just he sat down and had a class in torah or he listened online to a class or he gave a lecture torah was that was his that was his, that was his life tayrasay umnasay like someone's called a professional in whatever profession you're in 
Rashbi was his profession was Torah. He learned it, he studied it, he ate it, he taught it, he dreamt it. His life was Torah. In other words, his whole essence was about Torah. Now, a matter of fact, we know according to Jewish law, somebody that's not Torah Sayyim someone that learns, but not 24-7. So what happens if you're studying and, and, and learning, and now becomes time to pray? Whether it's Chakras, Mincha, Mayerb, you have to stop and pray. But the question is why? If you're sitting and learning Torah, why should you stop and pray? And the answer is because anyway you stopped for different things. You stopped for work, you stopped for whatever you stopped for. You're not 24-7 learning Torah. However, somebody like the Rashbi that learns Torah 24-7, it comes time for prayer, you don't have to stop for prayer. Because Torah, that's who you are. And therefore, since Torah is who you are, why should God, God just want to rip you apart of who you are? If you also learn Torah, so you have to also pray, and time for prayer, so you stop studying Torah, because any of you stop at different times, that's not who you are. But if your essence is Torah, then you, then you don't have to stop, that's who you are. Now, but not only did he learn Torah 24-7, that was, his, that, was his, that was his profession, that's who he was, but literally, as the Rebbe brings the verse, Tan l'shoni imrasecha, he was literally just sharing automatically the words of Hashem, the words of Torah. Like someone that answers after someone that says something, it's like automatic. Or like it says that his words were like fire. He was on fire connected to Hashem. Why? Because when he said Torah, which means Torah is you're bringing godly energy into this world, it was able to bring down the Torah literally down to this physical world, and that's why he was able to bring down rain from on high down below. Now, so because the Rashbi was Terasim Nasai, so again, he was able. He was he was busy twenty four seven bringing down energy. So therefore, they needed they needed they needed the rain. So he said uh, a, a teaching which was godly energy, and that caused the rain to come down to this world. But nevertheless, he had to say the Torah associated with bringing down rain into this world, and and and, and this verse of Hine Matoyvamanoyim, how beautiful, how pleasant it is that people are sitting, uh, brothers are sitting together. That's connected to rain. Why? Because what does it say? Shevas Achim, that brothers are sitting, Gam also Yacha together. What does that mean? It's referring to people are sitting together, two people. What, when two people sit together, there's a, there's a Mashpia and there's a Makabal, there's a giver and there's a receiver. And because when two people sit together, one person's talking, one person's listening, one person's listening, one person's talking, and vice versa, there's a Mashpia and a Makabal. So because the, when two people sit together in love, there's a flow of energy that goes from one to the next, so that caused the same type of energy that there should become a flow of rain down to this world that we should receive. And literally the, the rain came down to this world, in, into the world, and it actually caused the ground to become wet, and it caused the ground to give, to give off whatever it had to give off, trees and fruits and vegetables, whatever it had to produce. And it came from, because once the rain comes into the earth, we know the, the, the koyach, the energy of the infinite Hashem, of the infinite, infinite light, is actually found in the foundation of the earth, and specifically in, in, the, in the human being in this world. In this world, so once the rain comes down to this world, that causes the the, wor- the earth to give forth um, proper nourishment to to, um, to the world. Now, <clears throat> so in other words, what was the Rashbi again? The Rashbi was bringing down godly energy into this world, and that created the union of of of, of from on high down to below. So, this is also the same idea we learned before of an asati shalom ba'oretz. 
that we're going to give peace into the world. And what we explain from the Zayar, what does that mean? It's referring to the, the union of Zah, Zayar Ampin, the small face of six Midois, and Malchus. Shalom is referring to the, the Hashem, Zah, and Baritz is referring to the earth, which is Malchus. Which is the idea of what? A Mashpia and a Makabal, a giver and a receiver. Zah is the giver, and Malchus is the receiver. Now that's the way it's on high. But when you have the union on high of Zon Malchus, that causes that the union should come down to this world up to the point that we're going to have rain. Because rain is the idea of giving off Mashpia, giving energy, and the earth receives it. And that's why it says, Sheves Achim, that the brothers were sitting, Gam also Yachat together. What, what does it mean they were sitting together? It's referring to, again, the same idea on the Kabbalistic level of Zah, which is the six Midas and Malchus. And the union was in a way that they're called brothers. They, 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 in other words, what do you mean they're called brothers? It's not like God's made one is better than the other. There's the union of Zah and Malchus, but not that one is better than the other. They're, they're equal. What, but how are they equal? Because even though Zah is the giver and Malchus is the receiver, so how are they equal? Because ultimately, even though Zah is the giver and Malchus is the receiver, that's in that world. But both Zah and Malchus receive from the same place. They both receive equally from the intellect. And as we know, it says in, 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 in the prophets, but in, in, uh, from, from King Solomon, that uh, he didn't stop loving until he called her a sister. The goal is that they should both be unified. They're both receiving from the same from the same parent, which again, which is which is which is which is uh, intellect. Now, what does the end of the verse say? Shevas Achim, which again we know it referring to the, the union of Mashpi and Makabal, and they're both equal, they're both getting from from, from, from uh, intellect. But it says at the end, Gam also Yachad. So Yachad means together. What do you mean Gam also Yachad? So Gam is adding to it. In other words, by creating the union of Zan Malchus, and they're both receiving from in, in, intellect. So what happens then is that actually creates the union of on in, in on an intellectual level as well, which is higher than Zayir Ampen Benukva. So when you have the union on below, Gam Yachad means it adds into the union on high as well. Not only that, there was even a step further. Not only is it create a union in in the intellectual level, but also creates a union in Kesser as well, even into the highest level of Kesser, because we know in Kesser there's two levels. There's Atik, which is corresponding to Tainug, and there's a lower level which is Arich. Um, uh, uh, which is and it also creates a union in Kesser, and even in the higher level of Kesser in Atik, which is referring to Tainuk. And that's why it says, how good and how sweet it is, because Noyim is referring to what's sweet. What is referring to sweet? It's referring to Tainuk. So Man Noyim had even created a union even to the level of Tainuk. In other words, when there was the union of Zah and Malchus, um, the six Midas and Malchus, so it created not only a union in Zah and Malchus, it created a union in Moichin and intellect, and in Kesser, and even in the highest level of Kesser, um, in, in the level of Tainuk. And, um, and based on the Shara brings actually interesting, what it's brought down in the Talmud, it says like this, that Hashem made a promise that He's not going to go into the Jerusalem on high until He goes into the Jerusalem below. What does that mean? It means very, very simple. In order to create the union and high, so you think you have to be unified and high, and then we'll create the union below. Well, here we're saying the opposite. When you have Shebes Achim Gam Yochad, when we get along, when Zaz united with Malchus, so we create a union in, in, in intellect, 
which creates a union in Kesser, and that's what it says in the Talmud, that Shem says he's not going into Jerusalem on high, where it's totally peaceful, until we have the union down here below. So when we create peace down here, we're actually causing peace on high, and Hashem is waiting for our peace so he can go into the Jerusalem on high. And 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 then then what happens? The union goes even um, uh, uh, lower than that, and all the levels of Ishtalshlos, all the levels through all the worlds, all the spheroids, and it, what happens? We create literally peace on the uh, in Hebrew it's called Palmalia Shalmaili on all the high level, uh, all the high levels of Shemat and all the lower levels, and literally it gets drawn down. Peace goes from the highest level to the lowest level. And then what happens is, Rebbe says, we create peace not only between Zon Malchus and the Moichin and Kesser, and then because of that, Hashem goes into, uh, uh, go, well, ready to go into the, the Jerusalem on high, but we create peace down in this world also between the godly soul and the animal soul, which are fighting with each other 24-7. But the goal is to make peace between the godly soul and the animal soul, up to literal peace. And like literally, like it's going to be like when Mashiach comes, where the wolf will lie with the lamb and no one's going to fight with each other. And the fact is, the Rebbe says, who affected this powerful energy of peace? So the Rebbe says, the Rashbi affected this level of peace by taking away the boundaries of the revealed part of the Torah and the concealed part of the Torah, and it's really all one. So by, by creating the union on, on a spiritual level, it caused it should be a union on a lower level up to the point that he gave rain, that, that rain came down into this world. So in other words, just to recap before we go further, the Rebbe's saying is like this. Peace starts on one hand on the highest level, and it comes down to the lowest level. But on the other hand, when we create peace in this world, it goes backwards and it creates even a higher peace on high. And when it goes and creates a higher peace on high, then it comes back into this world. So it's constantly flowing from the higher to the lower, from the lower to the higher. And the goal is, as hard as it is, there should be peace on every single level. And that's the key to the greatest blessings. And like you see the Rosh B, by teaching, And he said, look how beautiful it is. We're sitting, Zon Malchus, we're unifying it, which will create unity at all levels. He was able to create a unity between the higher and the lowest world by bringing down rain into this world and creating unity with the rain that's needed. So based on this, Rebbe asked a very, very powerful question. What did we just learn? The Rosh B, brought down rain into this world by creating unity. Now, <clears throat> what, did we say, what did we learn in the Zaya? Before the Rashbi, <clears throat> before the Rashbi created that rain should come down into this world through, 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 through the Torah that he's teaching, so his Chevraya, his, his friends, they praised him. And so we see, so the, the, his friends praised him. And we also find in many, many places that the Rashbi, Roshim Yechai, was praised by, by, by his friends. Like, for example, there are quotes where it says in the top that Rabbi Yehuda, he called Rashbi. You know what he called him? He called him Shabbos. I mean, he was at a high level, he was able to call him Shabbos. Or, for example, like it says in the Talmud, that in the, in the Torah it says that we have to go to uh, do uh, Aliyah Laregal, we have to go to the temple. Lira says, Pnei Adon. We have to see the face of the Master. So the Talmud says, who's Pnei Adon? And the answer they say, you know, you know the face of the Master? It's the Rashbi. So Rashbi is called Rabbi Yehuda Shabbos. He's called the face of the Master, which is literally mentioned in the Torah. So the question is, such a holy person, like the Rashbi, 
that brought down rain into the world. His friends need to praise him, and he's called Shabbos, and he's called Adain. What's the purpose of praising him? Why do you have to praise them? Why do you have to praise him? I mean, he is he is holy. In other words, he's much higher than than praise. He's totally off the charts. Like, for example, it says in the Talmud, powerful things about the Rashbi. It says like this. The Rashbi said, I saw great holy people, Bnei Aliyah, and the very few, very few. And then he says, if there's two, who are the two people? It's me, Roshim Yechayin, the son of Abelazim. And, if, and, um, and if, if it's only one, then it's me. Now, the fact that Rebbe says, all the levels it says, if it's a hundred, whatever it may be, there's, def- there's different levels of holy people. There's a level of a hundred. That means even on the there's a there's a concept of the hundredth level. There's um, there's a level of there's only one, which is referring to Rashbi. Like he called himself, I'm, and I'll say it in Hebrew. I'm like nothing. I'm just like it's really all about Hashem. He has zero zero ego, and and only the highest level has been referenced to Rashbi. So if that's the case, what was the purpose of praising him? Why did his why did his why did his his you know his, his friends, his buddies, his chabraya have to praise him? So the Rebbe says something very powerful and he says like this. The truth is you're right. You don't have to praise Rashbi, he was a holy man. But since you want the powerful energy and the blessings of Rashbi should come down into this world, so in order for it to come down to this world, you have to create something which is called a mashpia, a giver. And a makabal a receiver. Because only through mashpia makabal are you able to draw down energy down here. Because if you have this mashpia energy, how's it sinking in? If you have this receiver, where's it coming from? So in order for any energy to flow, you need a giver and you need a receiver. So therefore he needed his chavraya, his buddies, to praise him. In other words... You needed, to, you needed to create a vessel down here that, the, that we should have where the blessing should go into. And this is like what the, the, similar to what, what, what's explained, the connection, Lang Ba'imer is on the 33rd day of the Omer. So there's a verse in the Torah that says, in reference to, um, uh, in reference to a bond that was made, so they made a bond, and what's the name of the bond? Eid Hagal Hazeh. So the, 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 they made a mound, and this mound was a witness for the bond that they made. Gal is Lamad Gimel, backwards, but the same letters as, as Lag Boimer. So the fact is, what is Gal? Gal is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a divider, a divide that divides between two people, the opposite of peace. And yeah, true, the goal of the divider was that you shouldn't pass for anything negative, but for positive things you can pass. Now, but since when Mashiach comes in the future, what's going to happen? So those, you see that Gal on one hand is referring to a divider. And Lag Boim is all about peace. The explains very simple. Since the Mashiach comes, what's going to happen then is the evil spirit is going to go away from the face of the earth. There's not going to be any more neg- negative and impure energies. So therefore, you're not going to need a, you're not going to need a divider at, at, all, at all. And that's why the Rashbi went ahead and he, and, he, and, he, and he abolished the divider. Between the revealed part of the Torah and between the concealed part of the Torah, like it says, like it says in the Torah, Erpa, there was a disease and he he and he and it was healed. In other words, by by going ahead and um, uh, by taking away the machitza and healing it, by going ahead and taking away the machitza, the divider of Torah between the revealed part and the concealed part of the Torah, so you he caused that there should be one hundred percent union in the world. 
And this, this powerful idea, you can say, well, second, the Rashbi did it. What does that do with us? And the Rebbe says, no, no, no. The fact is, this the Rashbi brought into the world, taking away the divider, creating peace, peace in Torah, peace in the world, the unification of between Zohar and Malchus, the unification on the highest levels to the lowest levels, that's something which the Rashbi drew down into every one of us. And that's why, how do we know he drew it down to us? That's why it's very, very simple, because what happens to Lagboim, everyone knows, is a huge celebration on the day of Lagboim. And like it's brought down in Kabbalah and Sefer, in the book Creates Chaim, a reference of saying Nachem, that we don't say any Tachnun on Tisha B'Av, and, um, and all generations, we don't say, there's no Tachnun that's said on Tisha B'Av, I mean, on Lagboim, um, because this powerful joy and this powerful energy of Lagboim, is why, why don't we say Tachnim the Rashbi passed away because the Rashbi is connected to every one of us and therefore when it comes like Ba'imer there's no reason to say Tachnun it's our celebration we're connected all connected to the Rashbi so, so, no, so, the, so the connection of Lag Ba'imer the connection of Rashbi applies to every one of us Rashbi gave each and every one of us the power and that's why, that's why on, on, on Lag Ba'imer even though you don't make uh, weddings between Pesach and Shavuot on, on Lag Ba'imer there, there is marriage there is wedding because it's all about we're all connected to the Rashbi and Rebbe goes on a step further and he says something very powerful and he says like this we know when you count the Oimer between Pesach and Shavuot so the seven weeks, and every week we transform one of the spheres. So the first week we transform all the spheres of Chesed, Chesed of Chesed, Chesed of Gvur of Chesed, Tiferes, and so on and so forth. Lag Ba'imer, which sphere are we holding? We're holding by the sphere of Hoid Shabahoid. What does Hoid mean? Hoid means acceptance, and Hoid Shabahoid means acceptance of acceptance. It's the highest level of acceptance possible. Now, so again, Hoid means acceptance, Hoidaya, acceptance. Like, and Rebbe brings an example from the, the Mishnah that says, Moidim Chachamim Meir. that the Chachamim, which is a, a lot of wise people, they're accepting, they're acknowledging to Reb Meir. And what does that mean? In other words, do, do the Chachamim were dealing with a lot of wise people. Do they understand what Reb Meir says? No, because otherwise they would have said what he said. The Chachamim say what they say, Rav Meir said what he says, and the Chacham are plural, but nevertheless they're willing to accept what Rav Meir says. If they understand what he's saying, that's not accepting. Then you you understand what he's saying. It means the Chachamim understand the way they understand it. Rav Meir understands the way he understands it, but the Chachamim are willing to accept what Rav Meir says. In other words, <clears throat> they understand the way they understand it, but they're willing to accept even though they don't understand it that way. And this is the idea of acceptance. Like we say every single day in our prayers, what do we say in the prayers? do we start the prayers. We're accepting for Hashem, and we call His name. Or for example, even the beginning, literally from the beginning, when we get up in the morning, what's the first thing we say? We accept for Hashem. Now, so that's acceptance, that's general acceptance. That's hoid. What's hoid a double acceptance? So Hoyt Shabbat is much deeper. That even the acceptance that you're accepting, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense why I should accept it. Or I, 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 I think I should accept it. I feel I should accept it. I'm just accepting. So the acceptance itself is on a level of acceptance. In a simple term, words that we're used to, Kabbalah soil. In other words, in the first case, Moidin Chamer means Cham still believe this way. 
Rameya believes differently, and they decide to accept it. They still think differently. And they're agreeing to accept it. They have some reason why they want to accept it. That's acceptance. How do I accepting? Haid means I have no reason to accept it. It doesn't make sense to accept it. It's, it's not rational. I'm just accepting. Haid I'm accepting. Why? <laughs> A crazy idea. It's, and you can call it crazy. Because why are you accepting? Explain it to me. I can't explain it. I'm sorry to accept. I have no reason, no logic. But on the other hand, when you accept, it's extremely, extremely freeing. And the experience of just accepting will release you from anything you're holding on to. Now, it's not easy, but the the the, pri- the, the payoff is huge. Hoid Shabahoid is probably the biggest gift you can give yourself. Not an easy gift to take upon yourself. But when someone accepts, even when it doesn't make sense, you're just accepting just because you'll give yourself the greatest gift. So that's what the energy of Rabshir Mechai is. Hoid Shabahoid. Acceptance just because. Now, so the Rashbi draws down even to someone on that level. And like it says, Rabbi Shbord Rashbi say, you know, said in his Talmud that I could exempt the whole world from judgment. You know, because he was so righteous, he said, anyone that sinned in his whole life, I can, I can exempt him from, from anything negative. And not only he says, I, I, I'll say it in Hebrew, Yachal ani lifter as kal ha'olam kuloi. So it says, I can exempt the whole world. But it doesn't say only the whole world, the kuloi, a double expression. The, whole, the world and the whole world. In other words, what does that mean? It, this powerful energy of acceptance, the Rashbi gives not only to the elitists, to everybody. And not only do we get it in an external way, take it a step further, it says, the power of acceptance from Rashbi is given to us in an internal way. In Kabbalah, it's called primi, in a primistic way. And the Rebbe says, this is the difference between the passing of the Rashbi and then the other passings of other holy people. When anyone passes away, it's called the Histankos, they passed away. When the Rashbi passed away, it's a Hilula, it's a celebration. Why is that? Only by the Rashbi, it's the only one. The Rashbi passed away, and the day of his passing, there's bonfires, there's music, there's dancing, there's people getting getting married. Why? Because by all other righteous people, the godly energy is on high. Now, even though, yes, it awakens within people some, like, you know, uh, thoughts of repenting, returning to Hashem, and... <clears throat> And it can draw down, you know, a little trickle down a little further, etc. But it's only like hirurim. It's only thoughts of repenting. Why is that? Because that's coming. We know that in the soul, there's five levels: nefesh, ruach, neshama, chay, yechida. Nefesh is the lowest. Ruach is higher. Neshama is even higher. Chaya, and then yechida is the highest. So when when if someone a tzaddik passes away, what causes somebody to to repent is because he's getting some energy from the lowest level of the soul of the tzaddik, which is called nefesh. And like the Rebbe says, you can look in the Altar of Tanya in the Gerus Hakodesh, chapter twenty-seven, and he explains over there at length. However, when from the Rashbi, where do we get from? We don't only really get from nefesh; we actually get from ruach. And because it's coming from a higher level of soul, it actually goes down to a lower level. I know, like, like the Rebbe explained before, 
that be, uh, uh, through the fact Menasati Shalom Ba'aretz from the highest level peace from Hashem from Zah into Malchus into this world it gets drawn down from what from the highest level up to the point that that that, uh, that Rashbi was able to affect there should be rain into this world from the highest level down to the slowest level up until there was we reached the end of the Torah portion where it says the Eshbar Moitels Elchem Va'olech Eskem Koyimius. I'm going to break the yoke off your back and I'm going to take you straight into, into Gula, into redemption. And the, the Rebbe quotes the verse where it says in the prophets, Hashem will, will redeem, um, Israel and he's going to build the cities of, of Yehuda and we're going to sit there, we're going to inherit the land and the, the, um, the offspring of the servants of King David is going to inherit the land, and those that love Hashem are going to dwell in the land of Israel. And when is that going to happen? It's going to happen. But Bias Mashiach Tzidkenu, when Mashiach comes, and it's going to happen very, very soon and very, very quickly. So here you see a very, very beautiful, powerful Hasidic discourse on this week's Torah portion about the idea of peace. And you see that peace is so important. Peace, it's, it's all about peace. And peace creates the union on the highest level, on the lowest level. From the lowest level creates, when you create peace in this, on the lowest level, it creates it on the highest level up to the point that can bring down tremendous blessings to this world. And we see the Rashbi did it. But what's inspiring, as Rebbe tells us, guess what? We all are connected to the Rashbi. And the proof is that we all celebrate like Boimer. And we all get from the Rashbi, not only from his nefesh like every tzaddik, we get from the level of Ruach. And that gives each and every one of us the power that we each have the power to create peace in our life. And we think about, meditate on the idea of Hoyt Shabahoyt, acceptance, that will give us some real practical tools how we can create peace within ourselves, with other people, with the world. And let's hope and pray that with the tremendous gift of peace, like the Rebbe finishes off and says, God willing, we'll have the world, will be totally peaceful, we'll have the days of Mashiach, when it will be total peaceful, and we'll all be in Yerushalayim, or Kodesh, and God willing, our next class will be in Eretz Yisrael, with Mashiach, together with the Rashbi. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.